Huron City Radio. Huron City Radio. Huron, Huron, you've been listening to. Huron, Huron City Radio. Huron City Radio. You've been listening to. Huron City Radio's Midnight Hour. Greetings, land lovers. Welcome to the Midnight Hour on Huron City Radio. I'm Tom Babajomsky, and I'll be seeing you through to the pointless hours with our usual mix of music, chat, and drama, all coming to you while this storm poses mortal danger. But before we start, there's been a lot of listeners writing in asking where exactly it is we're broadcasting from. Well, listeners, we're located in the Midwest area, and the state we are in is easy to recognize because its outline actually looks like a kitten. Yes, a kitten. And if you look at it closely, we're situated right between its anus and nutsack. And now a word from tonight's sponsor. Maddie's Matted Mattresses. Slightly used, almost not even soiled mattresses for sale. Now, buck free! Mattresses from curves and yards all around the Great Lakes area. Lovingly restored by craftsmen, delivered direct to your driveway. Sleep will never be the same again. You know, I used to suffer from insomnia. I tell you, I spent countless nights on top of a mountain in a thunderstorm, screaming at God for retribution. But ever since getting my slightly used, almost not even soiled mattress from Maddie's, hell, I've been, I've been sleeping like the dead. Well, tonight's phone in, sport, sports, sporting things. Oh, this country loves sports more than, more than, more than a, a country who doesn't care for them all that much. Jesus. That was close. Uh, well, uh, everyone will have their own sporting memories from tossing the old inflated bladder around in the mud to getting friction burns on the knees from sliding in and out of fourth base to uh, slap shot in the biscuit in the basket while checking from behind. Eh, we've all been there, but what is the best sport? The sport of sports, the sport all sports aspire to be. We'd love to hear from all you sports fans, those obsessives devoted beyond reason. Let us know which sports you love so much that you'd risk ruining your marriage for, uh, that you'd miss children's birthdays and family funerals for. Don't forget why. Let us know what it is about these pastimes played by millionaires that you adore. These sports that rule your life like some powerful voodoo administered from afar. All right, same numbers as always, 300, 18, 23, 111, uh, 13. You're listening to the Midnight Hour from Huron City Radio, broadcasting from the Kitten's Taint. Coming up tonight, all your favorites, including Tom's Top Tips, the competition winner from last week's competition, and episode two of Raccoon Man. Wait a what? They did a second episode? <laughs> Shows what I know. Anyway, first to kick off our show from Huron City, music makers extraordinaire, the pontoons. Well, that certainly is appropriate for the water, though uh, Eric, you spelled it wrong. You put an L in there. Anyway, here's the pontoons.
now. Damn it. Come on, close, you mother mother. Oh, now it's, uh, now it's time for the phone in. Eric, my producer on the mainland, will take your calls, and if you're one of the lucky ones, you'll be through to me, Tom Babajowski, here, all alone, on the gray ship. Oh, and Eric, uh, told you I needed something to fix up the windows as the storms were coming. What the hell am I supposed to do with a whole crate of duct pate? I need duct tape, for God's sake, duct tape. And next time the supply raft comes, you've got to put more ass wipe on it. I had to break into my Topps Major League cards from the 50s. What a nasty edge. He needed to get clean again. I had to throw away my 55 Mickey Mantle. It was all beige and, well, stinky. All right, now I uh, hear that uh, we have our first caller on line, uh, line uh, oh, line one. Uh, who do we have to kick off our phone in? <laughs> hey, did you hear that, Eric? Kick off. Well, that's, it's, it's, it's Chad here. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even written down that way. I, I made it up. Uh, hello. Kick off. Hello. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, hello. Uh, who do we have that's here? Chad. Okay, Chad, no need to shout. Welcome to the Midnight Hour on Huron City Radio. Oh, well, good to be here, Tom. Good to be here. So what is your favorite sport and why? Uh, baseball, Tom. Baseball, without a doubt. Uh, so it's just baseball. Mm, good game, good game. Now, uh, tell us what makes baseball, in your opinion, the best sport there is. Oh, best sport there is, yeah, baseball, hands down, uh, without a doubt, uh, no, uh, no discussion to be had. Uh, well, uh, would you like to tell us why? Uh, no, no discussion, it's obvious, okay, baseball, American pastime, best game there is, right, no, uh, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah, but, but the point of this phone-in is to talk about why we think our favorite sport is the best. Have a debate, hear what people have to say. Uh, to baseball. Okay, baseball. Baseball's the best. No, no, no doubt. Okay? No discussion needed. We don't need to talk about it. So you're not going to tell us why? Why Why you Why you think that? Uh, no. No, okay? Game over. Best sport. Baseball. Best sport. Period. Nothing, nothing to talk about. Are you sure? Uh, no contest. All right. Who do we have next on line, uh, line, line one? Hello. Uh, hello. Uh, what's your name and which sport is your favorite? Hello, it's Julie. Hi, Julie. <laughs> and I love sports. Can't get enough of them. Okay, uh, which uh, particular sport is your uh, best? What floats your boat? Tickles your fancy? Ices your cake? Cleans your, uh, <clears throat> cleans your shoes? Oh, it's hard to pick just one. Ooh, but if you did have to pick just one, and you do, Julie, have to pick. But I love all sports. They're just so adorable. Ad adorable? Wait, wait, what? Yes. So friendly, so pleased to see you. What 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 are you saying? With their waggly tails and wet noses. What what the... And they are so loyal. And then they bark at intruders. Dogs, Julie. I'm sorry. What now? Uh dogs. Julie, you're talking about dogs. Oh. Is that not what we're supposed to be talking about? No, uh, sports. This phone in's all about sports, Julie. Sports. Dogs. Dogs. Sports. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, dear God. Oh, I get them muddled up all the time. Dogs. Sports. All right, next caller, please. Eric, come on, for goodness sake. That, that was like talking to a cupcake. Uh, and it's uh, line, uh, no, line one. Uh, you're through to Huron City Radio. Hey, Tom, Phil here. Love the show. A and you're actually going to talk about uh, the sports you like and tell us why? Of course. Oh, hallelujah. I'm here to talk about golf. Golf? Really? That's... Well, that's not even a sport now, is it? <laughs> you know, okay, so a lot of people say that, but in reality, it is a huge test of skill and stamina. Yeah, I mean, you don't even run. Okay, no, you don't run, that's true, but it is an examination of physical, mental, and psychological ability. What was it now that uh, famous writer uh, who said something about golf? I think you're referring to Mark Twain's misappropriated humorous quip about golf. Oh, that's right. Uh, how did it go now? Uh, oh, oh, that's it. Golf. What a fucking load of old shit. 
I, uh, <laughs> excuse, I, I think you'll find that it actually goes, golf is a good walk spoiled. Yeah. Same thing. Next caller, please. Please, please, let's talk about sports. Real sports where you sweat, you get muddy, you play another team, maybe get hurt. Hello, who's calling? You're uh, through to Tom Babajowski. Hi, Tom. Carolyn here. Hi, Carolyn. Favorite sport and why? It's simple. Really, really simple. Football, Tom. Oh, my God. I love football. Oh, well, now, now that's a proper sport. It is. It's a sport. I, I don't want to push my luck here, but Carolyn, why do you love football? It's such a battle, a titanic struggle, pitting top athletes against each other, men giving everything for the glory of the team. Well, it certainly is full of big guys running at each other, that's for sure. Oh, big. So big. Huge. They're classical colossuses of manhood. Have you seen the size of them? Well, uh, in, indeed, uh, <clears throat> they, they are large, uh, highly trained. Six foot five, 250 pounds of solid solid muscle ramming into each other with every ounce of energy. Uh, you know, the quarterback now, the quarterback has to have some skill to pick out all Do those you passes. you know they can break clean through a bone when they hit into each other? Tendons snap like twigs under the thrusting pressure of it all. Oh, well, yeah, and somebody has to catch it, too. Butts as hard as anvils. Why, a blacksmith could hammer out a horseshoe with, on a single cheek. I can't say I've given that much thought. And have you seen how tight their pants are? I mean, someone must have to help them peel them off. Lucky thing. Yeah, all right. Thank you, Carolyn. Uh, well put together argument as to why football could possibly be the best sport there is. All right. Who do we have on uh, line? Uh, uh, oh, line one. Hi there, uh, Tom. First time caller. Hello there. And I'm a first time listener. Uh, well, to you, uh, I guess. Uh, your name, please. And uh, your favorite sport. And more importantly, why is it your favorite sport? It's Dale. Hi, Dale. Dale? Yeah. Dale, what's your favorite sport? God damn it, Eric, not again. The horseshoe. And, and horse shit to you too, Dale. Jesus. No, no, not, not horse shit. Horseshoes. Horseshoes. Oh, oh where you throw you, you throw the horse. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. <sighs> okay, fine. Go on now, although I doubt I'll feel the same way about horseshoes ever again. All I can think about right now is a running back's firm half-moons, a blacksmith and his hammer. What? Hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry, Dale. Uh, go ahead. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah, okay. Horseshoes. Now, tell me, Tom, what do people from all around the world think of when they think of America? Uh, uh, the Fonz. Hey, no, not the Fonz. Insanity? Try again. All right, tell me, Dale. Just tell me. The cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah, cowboys. All right, go ahead. Cowboys, okay? Symbol of America. Pioneers and builders of this great nation. What could be more patriotic and in honor of these great folk than by using a horseshoe as our national symbol and sport. By throwing it at a stick in the ground. You got it! Oh, such skill and patriotism all wrapped up into one sport. Yeah, I, I think you're pushing the word skill to the limits of its meaning. Tom, I'm going to assume that you're joking with me, okay? I'm sure you've played horseshoes plenty of times. I mean, you've got to have room on your ship for a game of horseshoes. No. I can assure you, Dale, if I had room for any sport out here on the deck, horseshoes would not be the first one that springs to mind. Oh, God, now, okay? It's a great sport in the great outdoors and, oh, the feel of that metal in your hand. Yeah, yeah, next thing you're going to tell me it should be an Olympic sport. Hell yeah! I mean, why isn't it already? Why, Tom? Why? Wait a minute. Seriously? We would lead the world, okay? The red, the white... Uh, the, the blue, okay, would stand on that podium proud in our cowboy hats. Well, we certainly could win a few more medals. Exactly! Because nowhere else on Earth actually considers it a sport. The more gold for us! Are you done now, Dale? Yeah. All right. <laughs> 
Thanks to all our callers this week. We certainly delved into the into the shallows of the wonder of sports. Another phone in next week. Uh, now, before our radio drama, we just have time for... I said we just have time for... Tom's Top Tits. Bum, 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 bum. Tom's Top Tits? I thought you got it fixed, Eric. We'll just sell something else. You don't need all those microwave ovens. It's time for another of my top tips. And this week we have a letter from an Alice Lofenbro of Anchor Falls who writes, Dear Tom, I have some loose and squeaky floorboards in the spare room that I just cannot get to flatten down, as if something is in the way. My brother-in-law used to help with such odd jobs, but he's been lying low recently. Please, any ideas, Tom, as I was hoping to rent out my spare room. Yours enteringly, Alice. Uh, squeaky floorboards could be a real pain, Alice. Now, luckily, they're not that hard to fix. Go down to your local hardware store and pick up an electric belt-fed screw gun, not a nail gun. Now, make sure that your screw gun takes two-and-a-half-inch ceramic-coated star-drive deck screws. Uh, get the kind that's preloaded on a plastic belt like a commando would wear. Next, armed with your fully-loaded automatic ceramic-coated star-drive deck screw firing screw gun, apply war paint to all four cheeks, lock down the offending boards, then... This is the important bit. Scream Bloody Mary as loud as you can while jumping up and down in a counterclockwise circle, firing screw after screw after screw into the floor until you're totally out of ammo. Not only should this fix the squeak, but it'll also add equity to your home. Uh, you should be renting out that room in no time. Now, I'm sure your new tenant won't get bored of being in there. Bored. I won't get bored. Oh, dear. <laughs> All right, another top tip next week. Please remember to write uh, no email. There, there's no internet out here, so no idea where those go. Just uh, write Tom's top tips, the big gray boat, Lower Lake Huron. All right, now sit back, close your eyes, take a nap. As we go to this week's drama, Raccoon Episode 2. Last week, you may remember, saw Raccoon Man catching a fish from a schooner and cooking it in a tin can with cider. I don't know. I can't remember. Come on. Come on. Is that everything? Christ alive. Get a move on. Nearly. Hang on. This is what you call help? I told you. I could only get these few men to come. What? Oh, Jesus. No. It can't be. What the hell is up with him? Get the rest in. Quick as you can. Now! Yeah, you heard her. Hurry up. Hey, what about... Lock the door. What? what? I said lock the door! Raccoon Man by Daniel J. Williams. Episode 2, The Twilight Shift. attention, please. I'd like to welcome our guest of honor for the Huron City Police Annual Dinner, Mr. Michael Kaufman. Thank you, Chief Tucker. Ladies and gentlemen, Mayor, and the esteemed members of Huron City's police force, it is again a great privilege to be able to host this fundraiser to support our hard-working police force. I'm pleased to say that the total raise from tonight's auction will be doubled by Lexington Holdings. This will boost the benevolent fund that assists officers who have fallen on harder times and help provide a little extra for everyone's retirement. Oh, what an ass. Oh, Jesus. Talk about keeping yourself out of the firing line. <laughs> yeah, but the bar is good. It's it's free all night. The food's good as usual. Ooh, so much of it. Hey, did you try the cheesy wings? And before I finish, 
I'd like to welcome back one of our own, Detective Harry Stewart. I think I speak for everyone here and how happy we are to have him back in Huron City. We wish him success in his new position. Hey, nice for you to get a mention. Huh, what the hell was that for? You know, I found something at Hanson's place last night. Yeah, you said that uh, there were animals in there? That you ran quicker than... A cat with a firecracker up its ass. <laughs> but seriously, there was a locked door. I need to get back in there, see what's on the other side. You get me more information from Thomas Scanton? Yeah, he started talking about the Twilight Shift at Premier Pelts. Twilight Shift? Yeah, apparently it's some secret shift that the day shifts are aware of, but they don't really know what's going on. Oh, we're going to have to follow that up. Kaufman can't hide behind auctions and his cozy relationship with the chief all the time. I need you to arrange a meeting with Scanton. Already done, but shh, here comes uh, Chief Tucker and she's got Kaufman with her. Oh, Jesus. What now? Evening, boys. Thought it would be nice for our guest of honor to join us. Harry, Lenny, thank you for attending this evening. We had an option. Harry, keep it shut, will you? Look, Harry, I know you would probably rather be anywhere else than listening to me talk, but I've been thinking. That's nice for you. The other day when you came to my office, I was so shocked to see you. I think we got off on the wrong foot. That's what you've been thinking. There's nothing to be gained by going over what's happened in the past. Fighting shadows that are long gone. Maybe you could stop looking for reasons to be stuck in a lifetime ago. You think I'm stuck? The way you acted as if you could wave your hand and I disappear from this town again? I'm not the one who's stuck. This is a small city. We can't avoid each other indefinitely. I'd, I'd like to think that now you're back, we can at least be civil to one another. I'll just be doing my job. Harry, would you at least think about what I've said? Enjoy the food, fellas. Bar's free all night. Something to reconsider, Harry. It's going to be a long haul if you don't snap out of whatever funk you're in over Michael Kaufman. What would you know about it? You're not the only one who's had issues from their past have clouded their judgment. What are you talking about? When I was in my 20s, not long on the force, a cousin of mine was killed in a car crash. The driver was drunk, but he got away on a technicality. And your point? Be patient. I thought that if I ever got the opportunity to get this punk, I'd make sure justice was done. It consumed me for two years, and then I got my chance. I pulled him over for speeding, but he's barely over the speed limit. All sorts of things ran through my head, from planting narcotics to falsifying the speed records to claiming he assaulted me. And what did you do? Nothing. Nothing? That's right, nothing. I was smart enough to know things could get out of hand pretty quickly if I chose to go down that route. Luckily, I recognized how far the past had dragged me down. This is a very long-winded way to make a point, Chief. It's true. I know some of what you're going through. And whatever you're holding on to about Kaufman, well, it's only going to get you into a whole heap of trouble. What? So you're my counselor now? Reel it in, Harry, and try and take some sincere advice before I make it in order. Kaufman's offered you an olive branch. I suggest you take it. Now enjoy yourselves. Smile, Harry. This auction is going into your retirement fund. Uh, you want anything from the bar? No. I have to meet someone who doesn't want to buy me off with food and beer. And I'm going to find what Kaufman is hiding at Hanson's place. Yeah, well, just be careful, Harry, or you'll be back on the chief psychiatrist's couch. Hey, what are you doing? Get your hands... Man, what the- Be quiet, Fitzpatrick. You? What do you want? I said be quiet. Okay, okay. What were you doing at Trapper Hanson's the other night? What? No, 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 I wasn't at Trapper- Why were you there? It was my sister. She wanted to go. What the hell for? I don't know. I guess she likes looking for ghosts. Why, you stupid little- This isn't a joke. Okay, okay, no more. God damn it. She was there looking for something. She thinks my dad was messed up with the furs. And what did you tell her? Nothing, nothing. I said nothing. I I was there to make sure she didn't find anything. She gonna go back there? How would I know? 
She's your sister. You better find out. There's nothing there now, but she may not be so lucky if she goes sticking her nose in again. You understand? I think so. You better know so. Now get out of here. Thanks for meeting, Professor. Oh, no problem, Harry. It's always good to be by the water. Uh, hard not to be reflective next to, uh, well, an endless reflection all around. Well, when I decided to come back to Huron City, I'd convinced myself it was just to come home to finally leave the past in the past. Well, it's not so easy in practice, is it? I thought with all those years away, all that time working, traveling, living in the bigger world, I'd hope to return as a different Harry Stewart. But now I'm back. It's as if I'm in a cage of memories, trapped by things I don't understand. Well, I know this is the part of the beach where Frankie went missing. It was such a terrible thing, and so inconclusive. Goodbye. I'm sorry. That's all she wrote. I, I knew she hated this place, struggled with life. Well, who doesn't at that age in small-town America? But I never felt she could take her own life. Mm, and the lack of a body? Uh, maybe she had just taken off, uh, got away. But 30 years is a long time to work through issues. But maybe she is out there. So what do you think now? That I'm no closer to understanding anything about why I'm here, what happened to Frankie. But my guts tell me who holds the key. Yeah, don't tell me. <laughs> Michael Kaufman. Not rocket science, is it? I doubt Kaufman's likely to be offering up his version of events from 30 years ago. I'm hoping to find something that will make him change his mind. Something isn't right about the deaths at Hansen's place. Raccoon man or no raccoon man. Kaufman has his fingers in too many pies for some of them not to get burned. Uh, be careful. You don't end up in one of those pies. Oh, and speaking of young women struggling with small-town America, look who is taking a stroll along the lakeshore in the moonlight. Ashley! Detective. Professor. Beautiful night, isn't it? It is late to be out for a walk, is it not? This isn't a coincidence you being here, is it? We've spoken about coincidences before, Detective. They're not real. There's always a reason. I think we've established that. And I think I've established it's time for me to go. Um, stay in touch, Harry. Remember, hope has a habit of leading one astray. Good night, Professor. See you next semester. How the hell did you know I was here? I was in the parking lot waiting to catch you after that police benefit love-in. But then I saw you leaving early and I just followed you. It's not difficult to track you. And what do you want? I know you've been thinking about what I said. Oh, that's right. You can read my mind. I have something for you. Cheesy wings? What? Nothing. Go on. I've been doing more asking around, and I found something. Something called the Twilight Shift. Come again? The Twilight Shift, out at Premier. Premier Pelts. Actually, I was aware of it. You didn't know that, did you? No, actually. I didn't. That doesn't surprise me. We're both on the same train looking for answers, so we're going to be stopping at the same destinations on the way. I don't remember buying a ticket. And yet here you are, in the same carriage as me. What do you know about the Twilight Shift? It's where the illegal skins are processed. Why not use a place that has all of the equipment? They have two shifts, 7 to 3 and 3 to 11. But between 1 and 4 in the morning, that's when the Twilight Shift happens. So, if someone were to turn up for the Twilight Shift and announce that they could discover a whole lot of interesting people doing interesting things. If by interesting, you mean horrific. Where did you hear all this? It's here on City. Everybody knows something if you ask the right questions. Everyone except me, it seems. You know exactly what you're doing. Otherwise, you wouldn't be talking to me again. Ever get tired of being right? Not really. Hanson's Place. I went there last night. I thought you might. Yeah, never mind that. It has a locked room. Did you break in? No, I didn't get around to it. I got disturbed. Raccoon Man, you saw him. I, I don't know what I saw. I didn't hang around. But you've never hunted. He wouldn't have touched you. Well, I'd eaten a burger on the way, and I didn't feel like putting your theory to the test. Just in case. 
Hey, thanks for meeting us, Tom. This ain't anything official, is it? I mean, you know... Depends on what you tell me. Well, like I told Lenny, me and Cunningham, we used to do security work, checking up on properties out in the middle of nowhere. Who for? Uh, it was a friend of a friend, that kind of arrangement. I don't know who was at the top. I mean, we just took the cash and reported anything we saw, frightened kids away if we found any. Tell us about the Twilight Shift. It's at Premier Pelt. Started a couple years ago. We were told they didn't want us to go there after midnight. And they didn't say why. And then one night, we got held up with some asshole teens at another property and couldn't get there till near one in the morning. Go on. There were lights on, dim, but definitely on. And I was about to go in, but Travis stopped me. He said something about that it was okay, that this was the twilight shift he'd heard about. So you didn't go in? Well, I, w I wanted to, but Travis insisted, and he was all antsy. I, I, I never did find out what it was in there, and he just said, let's leave the Twilight Shift be, Tom. Ed Fitzpatrick, what do you know about him? Well, he, he never came with us on security, but, but I knew he was part of Travis and a gang. What sort of gang? Uh, hunting. Uh, there were rumors that uh, gangs were being recruited to do some hush-hush uh, stuff. Who pays the money? Uh, some guy we know only as Frank. Do you still do work for him? Ah, uh, heck no, man. I done got out when, when Ed got killed, and, and then Travis, there's some bad stuff going down at Trapper Hanses, you know, that skin-eating thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll take your skin if you come in. It's not funny, <laughs> Lenny. I heard in the grapevine there's been another one killed. Someone else has been ripped up bad there again. Where you hear this? Who told you? Uh, grapevine don't have name. Hey, easy, Harry. Listen, Tom, if you remember what the grapevine is called, let me know. Yeah, sure. We haven't heard anything about someone else being killed. Hardly surprising. Kaufman starts up Premier Pelts, and about the same time, Ed Fitzpatrick takes a side job to pay his daughter's college, and presumably that job is illegal hunting. I'm taking a guess that Kaufman uses his properties to both process and store the merchandise. Right, like, like who's going to go looking around Trapper Hansen's place for anything? Chuck in a couple of dead bodies when people might be getting cold feet or close to the truth, and then you keep on doing as you please. Hey, listen, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but we have zero evidence about any of this. Just a lot of coincidences. Yeah, but I've been thinking a lot about coincidences recently. Sounds like we could have another dead body, and I have to find out what's behind that locked door at Hanson's place. There you are. Where the hell have you been, David? I've been... I've been busy. What happened to you? No wonder you kept ignoring my calls. Your lip. What... I, f I fell. Oh, come on. All right, but what's the point of me telling you? You won't listen. Listen to what? Who did this? It's not important. But what is important is that you stop looking around old houses or anything to do with your problems about people who hunt. Problem? People hunt and skin baby animals for profit, and I'm the one with the problem? It's not against the law. Who did this to you, David? Because I'm beginning to think you know far more than you're telling me. What did Dad do? What was he mixed up in? He was my father, too. You act like you're the only one whose opinion counts on anything. I'm not going to have his memory dragged to pieces just because you have this- Okay, have it your way, but next time I call you, have the guts to answer your phone. You're gonna do what? I'm going to go back in Hans's place. I have zero chance of getting a warrant and having someone as lookout is going to be helpful. Yeah, but the Fitzpatrick girl? Harry, I don't know how many more of these conversations we don't have I can have. Last one, I promise. And I owe you this time. You're not going to find anything. I have very little faith that anything involving Kaufman will get looked at properly. Well, you could be right, but I don't see what good you're going to do. Remember what Chief said. She really was trying to help. Help? By keeping me away from Kaufman? I think Chief is just trying to keep things easy for herself. Yeah, willing to keep things easy for you, Harry. You've been very, uh, you've been edgy since Kaufman's name cropped up. Even if me and Kaufman didn't have our personal pasts, I just don't believe he's squeaky clean. And maybe if I hadn't come back to Huron City, then there would be no one to upset his apple cart. Yeah, just keep all this to yourself in the future, could you, Harry? Kaufman trying to build bridges, pretending he's ignorant of things going on in his own properties? I don't buy it. 
Yeah, well, while you're out, can you buy me something hot and filling? You do owe me one, after all. Are you telling me no one has recovered the body? Look, we've boarded everything up, put new locks in a gate like you said. How am I supposed to get it out by myself? Look, I've run out of goodwill with these men. No one's prepared to tempt fate and be the fourth one ripped to pieces by... Go on. Well... Say it. Raccoon Man. There is no Raccoon Man. But someone said coyotes had been found. What else is out there if that's the case? We never found coyotes. We said we did to keep anyone official from sticking their noses in. But you were there today. We would have seen and heard dogs or coyotes when we were clearing everything out. The place had no animals in it. It was empty. And you know that. Something else is in that damn place. Just stay low until I contact you. I need some time to think. Jeez, that didn't take long. Everything is boarded up. We could still climb over. No, it's too conspicuous. You scared to go back in? No. Just don't need to draw attention to ourselves. Maybe we should go around the back. There's no one around here, except Raccoon Man. You really think he's real, don't you? He is real. Sometimes I can feel him, or hear him calling out. Really, now? There's plenty in this world that most humans are unaware of, Detective Stewart. It's just a corny legend. He'll take your skin when you come in, and make you suffer for your sin. Your back, your face, your thigh, your shin. He'll take your skin when you come in. I don't remember that from school. If we can't get in now, want to come check out the twilight shift on County Line? I'm pushing my luck coming here. I have no wish to be caught out of Premier Pelts without good reason. You know that's where your precious evidence is, don't you? What are you looking at? These tire marks. Big enough for a van. More than one. They weren't here last night. Aren't they just from the work they've done? Maybe, but some are older than others, suggesting they were done earlier. Like in the night? Some of the larger ones go around the back. I did say let's go around the back. I know, I know. Hmm. Wow. These grounds are huge. Destroying things produces wealth. You not worked that out yet? Hmm. These, uh, tire tracks go off into the edge of the woods. There's another gate back here. Locked. Hey, what's that? By the bushes. Looks like a shed. With more than one lock and signs of people walking through the gate and up to it. Give me a hand. I I can get over. What? Okay. Come on, hurry. I'm not that heavy. Shoot. Get down, Ashley. What? What is it? Go. Get the hell out, now. My, my. I didn't expect to run into you. I was looking for mushrooms. And I can smell the stuff they grow in. Who else was with you? No one. That's not what I saw. You know, you are trespassing. Seems like Chief Tucker is going to have to have a word with Huron City's very own lost sheep of a detective. Go on, Chief. Fire away. I know you're expecting me to ream you out, but I'm worried about you, Harry. What? You heard worried. Worried you're about to throw your career down the pan. Well, I have to admit that wasn't what I expected. Doesn't mean you're going to escape some disciplinary proceedings, but I'm aware of a bigger picture behind your behavior. You're pursuing this nonsense at Hansen's place because it's Kaufman. Lenny was right. What? You've turned into my shrink. Well, that's the only evidence I know of as to why you defied me and got caught trespassing. There's other evidence there. You just don't want to see it because of who Kaufman is. 
If you keep going down this path, then you'll be out of the force, and my reference won't be glowing when you try to find another and job. the path you're on? Ignoring connections and leads and- I have the law to uphold, Harry, and I gotta follow procedure. I can't follow grudges and coincidences. We have enough real battles going on in Huron City without dealing with your imaginary ones. So this is all over and done with as far as you're concerned? Not worried about illegal fur trading potentially going on under your nose? I'm not happy with all the loose ends, no. But you gotta sit tight and trust that if anything comes up, I'll look into. I promise I'll keep an open mind if you promise to keep out of the way. <sighs> okay. I'll, um, sit back. Stay out of the way. Good. And you can start by going to see Michael Kaufman and show him you grabbed hold of his olive branch. What? It's part of your disciplinary, so I'd do it if I were you. You don't want to get a pink note from me, one that ain't of the romantic kind. I can't see you chasing bail breakers at your age, Harry. You don't have to apologize. I know, but I, I didn't mean to go off on you earlier. It's not your fault you don't have any conviction about anything. You can't argue when you have no opinions of your own. I've not come here to argue. You also didn't come here to do the dishes. What do you want? I want you to keep away from chasing after this fur stuff. I know that. If Dad were here, he'd tell you the same- Well, he's not! And the only thing I can do for him now is to find out why he was killed. I know where you're planning to go tonight. These people, Ash, they are not good people. Of course they're not good people. They kill and skin animals. And they'll do the same to you if you keep digging around. You don't know what you're dealing with. I'd say they're the ones who are out of their depth. You remember what Raccoon Man did. But you aren't Raccoon Man. And he doesn't go traveling with you either. Not yet he doesn't. Not yet. Stop talking crazy, Ashley. I'm worried about you. That's your choice. Worry away. I'm not going to stand by and do nothing while you put yourself in danger. What are you going to do, big brother? Ground me? Something. I'll do something. Come in, Harry. I did say the next time you came you'd need to be invited. It's not a date I had in my diary. Would you stop it, Harry? I could be raising hell and pressing charges for you trespassing. But instead you've invited me for cocktails. I've invited you to show you I'm not that person from 30 years ago. No one stays the same. I know Huron City looks similar, but... Things have moved on here. Mm, you sure it's not guilt? I've apologized once about what I said back then. That's enough. I thought... I thought maybe we could talk about Frankie. Now, this isn't something I agreed to. I know, but if you just let me talk, then maybe you'd understand that me and Frankie... Well, it was serious. I was cut up bad when she left me. Yeah. No one dumps a Kaufman and gets away with it. And didn't she know it? The rumors you spread about her were unforgivable, and that's even before you made sure my only option was to leave Huron City. I was hurt, Harry. I didn't know how to react. You were right. I was used to getting everything my own way, and I I loved your sister, but could never show it. When she left me, I lashed out. You expect me to feel sorry for you? Is that why you asked me here? Jesus, Harry. I'm trying to help you with whatever it is that's got you trespassing on my property and thinking I'm the same asshole from way back. Your help. You are the last person in this town I need help from. This isn't your town anymore, Harry. I'm trying to help you find a way. Nice try, Mike. Nice try. I'm not falling for this. I'm not going to be played with like some toy doll between you and Tucker. Maybe it was a mistake to ask you here all along. Maybe Frankie was right about you. Don't you dare bring my sister into this. I know you have so many secrets stuffed in your closet you can't shut the damn door. And I will open it. I will open it in full view of everyone in Huron City. Yes, tonight. I want everything, everything out. I know. You worry too much. It's too risky right now. 
but it does sound like the kid may be more used to us than we previously thought. I don't know how long we wait. I've got no desire to waste all the hard work over some crackpot legend and one unstable detective. And if it means shutting everything down for a while, then we'll shut it down. Hello, detective. What made you change your mind? None of your business. How long have you been here? I came to watch the night shift leave, but there was no one here, and no one else has come. What? There's no cars. You haven't seen anything? Not even the previous shift? No. Don't you listen? I don't like this one little bit. What do you mean? It's as if someone knew. Knew we were coming. Hey, hey, where are you going? There's only one way to figure out what's going on. Jesus, wait up. Maybe we can break in. There's no one here. There's no twilight shift tonight. What the? Get down. Stay low, close to the wall. It's coming from where we were watching. Someone knew we were going to be here. Once I start firing, stay low and run around the corner. Keep running! No way. No way they could get here so quick. Police! Whoa, whoa, whoa. Detective Harry Stewart, Huron City Police. Harry! Harry, what the hell am I going to do with you now? Raccoon Man, Episode 2, The Twilight Shift. You have been listening to Jamie Leslie as Maggie Klein. Paul Miller as Frank and Detective Lenny Holbein. Suzanne Moore O'Brien as Chief Tucker. Stephen Kenny as Michael Kaufman. Scott Joseph as Detective Harry Stewart. Anson Pavlov as David Fitzpatrick. John Lusk as Professor Wilson and Tom Scanton. And Leah Gray as Ashley Fitzpatrick. All of their voices by the cast. Raccoon Man was written, produced, and directed by Daniel Williams. Sound production by Anson Pavlov and sound editing and music by Daniel Williams. Raccoon Man is recorded at Parallel Studios and is an Albion Fields production for Huron City Radio. Well, another episode next week, apparently. Don't worry, they should be done soon. And now before we take our regular look at the weather, it's time to look at what's on in the Huron City and Greywater area. A reminder that this weekend sees the Breakfast of St. Arugula, where Huron City celebrates the founding of its first settlers when the French and British stopped fighting for five minutes and shared a cup of tea over garlic sausage while making lame puns at the native population's expense. Mayor Huck Benzine will kick off proceedings by dressing up in a lily-white frock and handing out garlic sausage while sprinkling everyone with water from the lake. And as is tradition, children can carve totem poles out of their own garlic sausage, depicting the town's heritage of a goose in a sweatshirt, a freighter, a shamrock, with Jeff Daniels' visage on top in homage to the day that he stopped by here by accident to ask for directions. Later in the day, sees the lawnmower and bazooka parade weaving its way through downtown, led by Maureen Dandelion's Huron City Scissor Twirlers. And once arriving at the lake, the king and queen of the parade, this year Todd and Pamela Happy Pepper, will fire the ceremonial bazooka into the lake, and the children can rush to scoop up the floating fish, nets provided. Catering for the day is from Angry Possum Bites and the entertainment from Ronnie Garter's Ragtime Spoon Band. Why doesn't that sound like something? Guess I'll be missing out again here on the boat. I love that parade. Now time for a look at the weather from the bottom of the lake and with our underwater weather girl, Wendy Avalone. Wendy? Well, Tom, 
It's pretty wet down here tonight. There was a school of floaters heading north of the lighthouse, and while it is still safe to swim, please remember to keep your mouths closed. Earlier reports that a shoreline water was a rich red color due to the swimmer having his neck whipped white open turned out to be just a rumor, as it was only red wine from a rowing boat throwing a party that had become wrecked on the rocks. The roundup levels for today are toxic, too very toxic, and I've just found a shopping trolley that belongs to a Mr. Kroger. Back to you, Tom. Thank you, Wendy. What a woman. Half walleye, half Walmart meet and greet you. Now, another word from our sponsor. Maddie's Matted Mattresses. Introducing our Matt Facts Guarantee. Sleep sound knowing the history of your mattress with our genuine Matt Facts Certificate. For disease and fatality records, you must purchase our premium package. Maddie... Maddie's Matted Mattresses. Slightly used, uh, almost not even soiled mattresses for sale. Now bug free. Sleep will never be the same again. You know, I have a Maddie's mattress in my bedroom. In my bedroom, you mean the room out back that's not the kitchen or the bathroom. Boy, I swear, it's like owning your own piece of history. When I lay on mine at night and the springs creak each time I move, why, it's, it's like hearing the echo of everything that happened on that mattress. It's like, like a symphony from the past. Every anxiety-fueled sleepless night, each premature ejaculation, each fit of tears cried in morbid desperation. They all linger in those springs. Ah, sleep is certainly never the same. Ah, poop logs. Ah, it's falling open. I think I just push this crate of pate. Ah. Ah, there. Huh. Turned out to be useful after all. All right, uh, coming up before the, the uh, end of the show, we, we have another song from tonight's band, plus a chance to hear me talk to the little strummers. We'll have our competition winner, and of course, from last week's competition. Ah, but before all that fun, we turn to the serious side of life by reflecting on the world about us with our resident expert, Professor A.V. Moore from A.V. Moore University. Tonight, global warming in the era of a changing climate. never actually ages. As a fucking immortal. Okay, that means that if we can sequence the DNA of that sea anemone and reduce the genetic material into an injection, then we could make a serum that could possibly lead to an end to human aging. Okay, the only thing is, it grows at, at the very bottom of the deepest parts of the ocean. So, I say we get a real submarine, like a real special submarine like they had in that movie with the boat that went down and we leave DiCaprio on a door. And we go down and we just uh, plug in the little bastards like flowers and we grind them up for tea. Oh, fascinating, fascinating. Wouldn't you agree? Anywho... On with the show. And now another song from our musical guests. Here are the pontoons. Don't change a thing 
Thanks, uh, guys, for coming on the show. Great name you have there uh, for the water. I, I don't quite get it. The song is dry. You're out on the water. You're the pontoons. Welcome. Welcome. Hi. The pontoons. Where did you come up with a name like that? You, you must like boating. We, we like boating, but it's actually poltroons. It's an old word for coward. Oh, okay. I, I've never heard that. A poltroon. So did you make that word up? No, I got it from Bugs Bunny. What a maroon. What a poltroon. From Bugs Bunny. It's like 1920s, I think. I must have missed that one. All right, so you, you chose the description based on yourselves, is that it? Yes. Essential. We hate conflict. Ah. <laughs> you know, if I did that, I'd probably call the band uh, Good Looking Genius, maybe. So let's uh, find out who the uh, pontu- poltroons are. Who do we have uh, talking with us tonight? I'm Pauly. I'm the drummer. Pauly? I'm Sadat. I play keys, guitar, and I sing. All right, Scott, nice to meet you. And I'm Lee. I play guitar and occasionally sing as well. Okay, Craig, nice to have you here as well. Thanks, guys. I'm sorry, we're missing Desi, our bass player. Desi. All right, you must be off with Lucy somewhere. How long have you been together as a band? We've been playing in this incarnation for about four, five, six, seven years. I'm sorry? Something like that. I joined six years in uh, September. Before that, we were doing, uh, it was a different lineup completely. I think I was the only original member in the beginning as a three-piece where we were doing specifically reggae covers of popular alternative tunes. And it was very tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, it sounds terrible. How did you guys all meet, uh, by the way? I'm, I was living in Lexington at the time. And these guys were living in Port Huron. A friend of mine said, hey, you got to meet these guys. And I'm like, oh, all right. And that pretty much was the end of it. Have you ever played a show on a pontoon boat before uh i took my pants off on a pontoon boat once it wasn't much of a show but i made about 38 cents in tips that is a great story i hope we have time okay uh i've got uh, other questions that i want to ask you guys uh and and the first one and and this may seem like a silly question but people want to know this kind of stuff who in the band has the most amount of umbrellas i've got two yeah i have two we have two okay so among you, you have, well, how many umbrellas do you suppose Desi might have? 
You know, he might have a collection. I would I, guess I so. Really he's, he's probably got a speed. He's from New York. Sure, New Yorkers, they, they love their umbrellas. Next question. If the band had to play through an oncoming plague, which one would you prefer? Frogs, locusts, or fish flies? Frogs. Frogs. Yep. The Frogs. legs. The legs are delicious with some drawn butter. What are your fans like about your band the most? Jeez, I don't know. Uh, that's a that's a good question. I... Of course it's a good question. Mm. Irreverence. Yeah. I would say irreverence, just in general. All right. I want to get to the real meat here. Groupies. You seem like the kind of guys that uh, probably have groupies. Craig, do you have groupies? Uh, I do not. Very single. Still it out there for uh, the world to know. This is not a dating service, Craig. But yeah, groupies, you know, that's not so much. And a girl offered to wash my car once. She's a keeper. I take her up on that. That reminds me of back in 75, the wife of an iota of Zimbabwe told me, Tom, I like you so much that if I were a celibate religious leader, I, I would do all manner of unmentionable things to that bronzed body of yours. That was when I knew I did the right thing in euthanizing that black rhino. So when in doubt, pontoons, always go with your gut. It could lead to a foray of fornication on a holy altar as an indigenous people's god sometime in the future. Take my word for that. So if any of these would-be groupies wanted to find you, how would they contact you or hear more of your uh, sounds that you've created that we've listened to tonight? Probably just via our Facebook. God damn it. We, we don't have the internet out here on the gray boat. All you'd have to do is search Poltroons, P-O-L-T-R-O-O-N-S, and you'll find us. I want to thank the uh, Poltroons. You know, listen, guys, take my advice. Pontoons, much better. I've been in the business a long time. I know a thing or two about names. Anyway, Craig, uh, Scott, uh, Mandy, uh, Desi, everybody, thanks for being here. Appreciate it very much. The Poltroon. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. Well, we have uh, yet another local band to feature next week. Boy, we sure are laden with talent here in this area. If only some of it would make music. Moving on, time to announce our competition winner. And this week, the winner is uh, Mr. Babe Ruth of Seventh and Mound. His rhyming couplet of, to you, my love, I'll do my duty to buff and shine your silver booty was chosen at random by burning the entries and seeing which one was the last to go up in flames. And finally, before the buzzsaw of sleep cuts through the last sinews of consciousness, it's that time of the show when I fumble around in my pockets to see what I can find in Tom's Poetry Pocket. Now what's this? Thank you for your down payment. 18,000 shares, AAA hoverboards. Oh boy, that was a while ago, wasn't it? Oh, here it is. <clears throat> if only. If only dreams they would deliver. If only dreams they would not die. For here am I upon the river, soaked right through when I should be dry. If only dreams they would recover. If only dreams they would not hide. For here I am, devoid of cover, still alive when the dreams have died. Another one from Tom's Poetry Pocket next week. But before we end... Uh-oh. Hang on. Oh, no! Christ on a bike! No! Oh, God! You've been listening to the Midnight Hour on Huron City Radio with me, Tom Bobajowski. Oh, God, what can I use? The window, it's... Oh, God damn it! A big thank you to all our phone-in guests and to Wendy. You, you didn't see this one coming, did you, Wendy? And thank you to tonight's band, the Poltroons, who I hope they'll take my advice with the name. An extra special thank you to our sponsor, Maddie's Matted Mattresses. And oh, I'm certainly looking forward to crawling into mine right now, if I can get it dry. Eric? Hey, Eric. Eric? Eric, are you there? You're talking to who? Carolyn? Oh, geez, Eric. I am listening to the uh, Midnight Hour on Huron City Radio with Tom Bobajowski. 
Uh, you heard the voices of Tom Babajabaki, uh, Jake Buckley, uh, Emily Coggle, Rachel Carney, and Leah Gray. Uh, Tom's Top Tips jingle was sung by Giovanna Greco. Our special thanks to musical guests, the Paul Troons. This show was created by Daniel Williams and was written by Daniel Williams and Jake Buckley with additional material from Tom Babajowski and Jamie Leslie. Production and editing by Daniel Williams. The Midnight Hour is recorded at Parallel Studios and is a Huron City radio show for Albion Fields Productions.